Now, usually, when you think about things subjectively, you have to think, is it necessary for me to make an Electrum Performance ad at the beginning of an episode? And yes, I agree. But conventional wisdom would tell you that we have a very big name on our guest today. He is the guest of our show. His name is Andre Galvão. And I don't want to go too over the top. So conventional wisdom will tell you, Jake, calm down. Just tell people about the Electrum Performance ad. Open Garcast 25 is what you need to use. Get thick, get mean, get swole. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Watson. That was Alex Sterner. Thank you for calling, Alex. <laughs> we are here with Danny O'Donnell and Andre Galvao. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you've always been – I mean I've known you since <sighs> – I've been competing against uh, your students since I, since I was like 16 years old. And uh, you've always been incredibly kind to me, and it's just a, it's a huge honor to have you on the show, man. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Jake. Thank you so much, Daniel. Let's talk. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, we we uh we we've seen you in many interviews, and it, you've always um had a had a lot of really great insight, and we we love to invite people on the show and get their take on certain things so that we can inspire people. Um, and I personally am very fond of the way that you approach your faith, and I have uh, some questions about that being new in the faith myself, and. We would just love to get to the bottom of some things across your vast career. I was looking at your BJJ heroes thinking, oh, my goodness, this man has fought more times at Black Belt than I have fought in All Belt. So <laughs> That means I'm old, right? <laughs> no, you're as old as my professor, actually. My professor, Andre, you're, you're just as old as him. So they're not old yet. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks for the kindness. Of course. So we usually start the episode asking about like how our guests got into jujitsu, um, but I think a lot of people know a little bit of your background. So do you want to talk about how like your style kind of developed throughout the years? Because um, one thing that I think is really unique about your jujitsu is that you're really well-rounded. Like you have really good takedowns, really good guard, and good passing, which is kind of unique for like a modern competitor. So do you want to talk about like some of your influences um, coming up and how your style kind of developed? Yeah. So. Um... I always uh, try to feel comfortable in every single area, you know. Uh, when I was when I was young, really young, when I started training jiu-jitsu, uh, my coach he always said that he said, "Man, you gotta be comfortable uh, in any situation, so you don't take that um, that part in the fight that you feel uncomfortable doing something because you feel like, oh, if I do this, maybe I'll be ending up on this position, and then." I'll need to like do something. You gotta do it, and you gotta have confidence. Mm -hmm. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, your, your yeah. mic cut out for just a sec. So I was wondering if like uh, you had frozen. Oh, sorry. Yeah, You're back. Sorry. <laughs> I just hear my my head uh, my uh, AirPods that I came back. <laughs> so um. Yeah, so my, my coach always told me, like, man, you got to feel comfortable in any single area that you fight, you know. So uh, if somebody's attacking your back, you got to be comfortable, you know. If, you, if you're on the side control on top or bottom, you got to be comfortable. If you're playing guard, you got to be comfortable. So uh, he always taught me, like, to be a well-rounded competitor. And I had always that in my mind. Uh, I started judo, you know. Um, and But, of course, you know... Takedowns is something that you need to always sharp, sharp, sharp. You gotta train, train, train a lot in order like to apply that. Jiu-Jitsu is a little bit easier to learn, let's say. You know, it's more like scrambles and all that. Uh, 
But um, I shot my wrestling, you know, towards the years, like especially like when I moved to the United States. Uh, when I was when I started training jiu-jitsu, I was was competing. I was like 16 years old, um, like featherweight, lightweight. I used to go away to go for featherweight. Um, and then I believe that helps me too to develop like a, a different game, you know. So I I I, I was like feather, light, uh, medium, medium heavy. I started growing. So I think like that definitely helps because um, all the years like I started getting heavier, I started getting better pressure on top. You know, not that I never passed before, but I always like tried to develop like uh, just from every single area so I could I could. Uh, feel comfortable you know when i what i was fighting so that's my mindset and i believe that um it's possible for you to be good in every single situation you know and, and that's one thing that i that i do when i when i teach my students uh i don't like to show them just like one two three movements like in each single situation or just like maybe oh you know like you know what like i'm a guard player let's just work on guard you know or i'm a guy that plays on top let's work just on top so I, I always apply this uh, mindset uh, when I'm teaching, you know. I teach everything that needs to be done in a fight. So I believe that you need to be comfortable in every single area. That's, that's my mindset. That's why uh, you can say that I'm a well-rounded uh, fighter. Uh, did you feel like, so when, you, when you're coaching, uh, do you usually try to uh, identify your students' strengths and then branch off from that? Because it sounds yeah. like you started out as a guard player with a judo background, and that's mm-hmm. really interesting to me because judo yeah. really take down, pre- like really uh, getting people off balance oriented, and then you had a really good guard. Let's say uh, a competitor like Ronaldo, who will be competing against Marcio Andre uh, tonight, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he is very, very athletic. Harnessing yeah. that ability of his game and then branching off and like that, is that like your goal when you're looking at uh, each student kind of individually? Yes, for sure. Um, you got to identify uh, the style of your athlete, you know, especially like the conditioning wise. Like mm-hmm. if he's a guy that has a lot of explosion, like Ronaldo, Ronaldo has a lot of explosion. Actually, Ronaldo is like, he's complete like conditioning wise. So he's very explosive. He's, he has a lot of endurance uh stamina like he doesn't stop the whole fight so uh right now i'm I'm trying to apply the pressure on his game so i want him like to slow down sometimes the fight you know now that i that i uh wants to take like the explosiveness out of his game but you know like once you got the side control you gotta like slow down you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's like but he's just like yeah he's just like neon belly (laughs) so uh and you know, like like Lucas Barbosa is also very very explosive, and this like also helps in a way that you build a strategy for your athlete. You know, um, if you're a guy that have more resistance, for example, let's say some fighters like Batista, for example, he needs like a longer time to impose his game. So Batista is not very explosive, but he he has a lot of stamina, and he's he's like a he's like a train. He starts like maybe like 30 miles an hour and he goes 30 miles an hour the whole fight. You know, so you just gotta develop the strategy according to the body type of your athlete. Or if the guy is really flexible, 
you know, you develop a strategy there. Or if it's really strong. So you got to understand that. And I think, like, sometimes people, they don't understand that. They just like, oh, you know what? Like, do this. But that's not the strategy that will work for that body type. You know, I believe, like, jiu-jitsu uh, is different for everyone, you know. Uh, we have, like, the... Uh, you put like 10 guys in the room and each single one of them like will have a different style of jiu-jitsu. It doesn't matter if they train every day, you know, together because the body type. One guy has like longer arms. Like for example, the Rutolo twins, you know, they have like giant arms. Like they have like <laughs> I think 78 inches. Like Ty has like 70 inches in, in uh, reach. It's it's crazy, you know. So um, according to that, you got to understand the, the type of strategy that you, you're going to impose you know, or, or put in the plan uh, for the fight of your uh, your student. That's what I do here. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because at your academy, everyone has like really different styles and people have a lot of different strengths. And uh, is that something that is difficult to manage when you're teaching sometimes? Like if you have people competing in different rule sets and different styles, is it kind of hard to put together a training session that's beneficial for everyone? Yeah. Especially like when you have a right now have so many tournaments uh, with uh, different rule sets, you know. So we have like fight two wings, one rule set, and then you have third close grappling, and then you have IBJJF, and then you have ADCC trials coming, you know. So it's really hard. It's not easy, you know. So, but also inside the room is not everyone that will be competing, you know. Yeah. Not everyone that will be competing. So you gotta pick the guys that are. Uh, in the time of the the camp that it's kind of like close to the fight that they're going to do. For example, when Batista won the third close grappling, we all training under that rule. But it was easy because it was just him fighting that, you know? So everybody, like, follow, like, his camp, you know? Uh, but it's definitely, like, really hard to manage in, in order, like, to maintain, like, which rule set or what is strategy or what you're going to do, you know, because... For third close grappling, you got to be ready to fight three fights, 12 minutes, you know, and you have like the rounds, seven minutes with points and then the overtime and all that. So that is definitely something that uh, you got to like manage, find a way to manage, you know, and I, I think I do this pretty well here. It's, it's just uh, interesting you brought up Batista because I remember... I was like thinking when I, because I was in the same tournament, and uh, I was thinking, oh, if it goes to overtime and I'm up on points, I'm definitely gonna pull guard. But Batista willingly went into people's close guards, and in my head, I was like, this guy's a madman. Like, why would he do that? <laughs> and then he just gets up and passes, and I'm like, yeah. man, the confidence. How was that? Like, um, was that? What was the game plan there? Yeah, we, we all know his strength, you know, uh, Batista. Man, it's it's very weird <laughs> the way he passes, you know. Uh, when you when I'm playing guard with Batista or anyone that I ask, like you feel like your legs start getting tired, you know. Like it's like you're doing like a, a leg press with a lot of weight, like for a hundred times, you know. It's 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 a pressure that is different, you know. The way he he put pressure, the way he he always like goes with the hips on top of your hips. He's never like you know behind the line of your feet. He's always on top, on top, on top. And he forces you to to work with your hip flexor a lot. You know, it's it's very very devastating the way he passes. Uh, but the strategy right there, we we knew like when 
the fight was seven minutes at first, and we always, if you pay attention to, on the fight again, like if you watch the tournament that he won, I guess Argus, uh, he stood up, and then he he was kind of like, oh, I will start like on top. He he was thinking about being like Evie, and then he looked to to Argus, and Argus was tired. You know, he's just like, no, 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 put him down, put him down. <laughs> no, he knows like when the guy is tired, like it's the moment for him to pass. So um, he, he, know, we knew that, and with the time, after seven minutes, we know that the guy will be with the legs super tired, and then we say we we told each other, say hey, when we got on on the overtime, let's play on top because you pass really well, they'll be tired, it's gonna be easier for us, you know. Um, and that was the game plan, and it works really well. It works really, really well. And even like Canuto, right? Canuto has amazing close guard, armbar, everyone from everywhere from that position. And Batista, like, no, <laughs> no, I'm going inside the close guard. <laughs> it was crazy. Man. But he feels really comfortable the way he opened the guard, too. He's very safe. He's, he's pretty good. He's very, very good. Yeah, that was what I, that was the moment when he, when he went into Canuto's guard. I was yeah. like, "What is he doing?" I was like, "Why is he doing Imagine that? like if it, if it Hudson was there, he's like, "No, let me go inside close guard of Hudson." I've talked about it many times on the show. When I fought Hudson, my whole game plan was not to go into close guard. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, I'm not man enough for that. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So I kind of want to talk about your uh, competitive career a little bit too, because uh, we were just talking about some of your achievements before you hopped on the call and. Uh, it looks like you won your first world title at Black Belt in 2005, which is pretty pretty crazy because that's 15 years of like consistently winning world titles. So, what do you feel like is the key to like maintaining that high level of like your competition game throughout all those years? You know, first of all, you gotta be super competitive, right? <laughs> super competitive, <laughs> and I'm very competitive in every single aspect. Uh, Jake always asks me, like, hey, let's play some Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do Street play. It's going to go hard. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I'm fully prepared. Don't play to lose. <laughs> fully prepared. Uh, you are going to lose. Yeah, you're going to do it. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but, yeah, so the mindset, you know, I always, I always like to... Oh, we good? Oh, yeah, I think we're good now. Lost you for a second. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, uh, it's is it willing to to prepare, you know, for a tournament. And I love what I do. I really love what I do. And I think the the key of your success is not only like prepare and have discipline, but you need to like and love what you do, you know. So I really love it, and I never get tired of it. And jiu-jitsu is a great sport because I always evolve. You know, jiu-jitsu doesn't stop. Like, if you see the game in 2005 with the game right now, 2020, it's a completely different game. Uh, it's impossible. It would be impossible for me to win uh, world titles, like, all these years with the same game that I won the first one, you know. And that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu. That's something that I really love. And I always like to evolve. I always like to apply new techniques in my game. I'm not a guy that stick with one thing only, you know. Um, I always like try to evolve. And if you watch my fights, like it, it's back in the day, it's like the same game, you know. There's like something similar, but always like 
with the new things, you know, like Kiss of the Drago, Bear Bowls, 50-50, like all these things, like we we try to evolve. So, and that's the type of mindset that I have, you know, and thankfully I had great, I, I, I had great people around me that support me, that help me. Uh, and I know my wife since 2004, right? Just before I won my first world title black belt. She definitely has a huge role on my career. You know, she helps me a lot tremendously in everything that I do, uh, not only on the mat, but off the mat too. And I think that stability, that uh, family stability that I have off the mat definitely helped me because I, I feel that I, I grew, you know, all these 50 years. So I'm not like the same guy, you know? So I grew like in different aspects and everything. So I think, this is this is one of the keys for the success, you know. So it's they're willing to prepare the law for what you do and your stability like in personal aspect, life wise, you know. Mm-hmm. Was there was there like a particular moment in competition, whether it be the colored belts or uh, at black belt, that you feel like set the charge for you to realize, man, I can I can really take my career so much further. Was there a particular moment or season of your life perhaps where you just felt a big push after that a big period of improvement yeah it was when i was white belt (laughs) 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 seriously i i uh i i started training and then i started training judo and jiu-jitsu at the same time and then i stopped for like two years and during these two years i was just thinking and i used to work in a uh kind of like a grocery store, I say, a pharmacy, like CVS kind of store in Brazil. And I used to see my friends pass on the street, like with the gi, you know, they like stop sometimes and say, talk about the, about the training. Hey, we trained today. And I was like two years, no training. I was just like, man, I wish I was there, you know, but I, I need to make some money. So when th- those two years that I stopped and I, I, I stepped back and I started looking things from the outside. I started realizing like how important it is to do things that you love, you know? So if you love something, you must do it, you know? And I was missing so much uh, training, having my friends and all that. I was only like 14 years old and I worked until I was 16, but I was working a lot. Like I was working five days and rest one day, five days, rest one day. It's it's really tough when you work like that. Your work schedule is like that. So I used to like rest on Sunday and then I work all the way Friday and then rest Saturday and then work Sunday and then go all the way rest uh, Thursday. It goes like this. So it's pretty tough. And then I was thinking about all that, uh, making very little money. Um, and then when I came back and started training jiu-jitsu, I was like, you know what? I'll do this like uh, as something that I want for my life, you know, I want to, I love this so much, so I want to, I want to keep doing this, and then in a couple of months, I was already making more money as a white belt than I was making when I was working, you know, because people used to see me, like, working so hard uh, in training that they start helping me, they're like, oh, you know what, like, I have this uh, guy that owns this company, go talk to him, I talk about you to him, uh, go talk to him. And then I went there, talked with the guy. The guy started, like, paying me a salary. You know, it, it's kind of like a, 
it's a blessing. It was a blessing, you know. So I think God saw all the hard work that I was putting, the love that I had for, for what I was doing, that he started putting people to help me, you know. So since the beginning, like when I came back, uh, I didn't pay like to train. I didn't pay to compete. It was all like people like help me, help me, help me, help me, because they saw I was all day like working super, super hard, you know. And and from that point, I started like winning. You know, I was going to the tournaments. I was winning, um, and I was like with the medals and celebrating with my friends. They're really happy. And I remember like, I used to step on the podium, take a picture, get out, and I was like, "Let's go to the next." You know, I was already like, "I'll go to the next." So I I really have that love uh, for competing as well. I really like to compete too not only training. So I love to train and I love to compete. And you put both together, it's, you know, it's just like magic, you know, it's just like, oh, no problem, you know. Uh, I, I felt like pressure, adrenaline and all that, you know. Uh, but I enjoy, you know, I find a way to enjoy uh, the moment that I was living, you know. Uh, and since like, since to answer your question, since I was a white belt, like a couple months, I knew it because my coach, he always also used to to uh, praise me, let's say, you know, for the good things that I was doing. Man, this guy trained a lot. This guy, this guy is a good example. This guy, uh, Andrea, show me a technique. Andrea, help me here, help me there. So this, like, fed me with a with, uh, good feeling about my future, you know. So I'm in the right path. I'm doing the right thing. So let me move on. Let's, let's keep going. I think that definitely helps. That's really cool to hear. That I, I I didn't know that. And that's uh, I feel like it makes sense why you're so you're so adamantly for your students, right? And I I feel like uh, Danny's gonna go off on a point here because we were talking before the show, but um, it's just really interesting to know that like you were brought up and you it took the village right to to give you so many different opportunities and you were blessed, which is true. And uh, and Danny. Yeah, we wanted to talk about your leadership skills because me and Jake both feel like you do like an amazing job of promoting all your athletes, like almost to the point where when you think of Atos, you don't just think of Andre Gaval. Like obviously you're a big part of that picture, but you think of Dom Bell, you think of the Hulk, you think of Batista, you think of all your guys, Liera, just because you you do such a good job of, you know, kind of showing people how good they are. So like when you were creating Atos, was that like part of your plan to kind of like create leaders in your students and have them branch out eventually? Yeah, so I when we started Atos, I told the Professor Ramon when we started together, I said, man, we got to do something different, you know? And I think Atos, um, it's a big example, you know, and, for all the teams. And, uh, like, we, we're no longer, like, young team, you know? We already have, like... Um, 12 years of existence. We started 2008. Uh, but since the beginning, we always love like to help people, you know. Uh, Professor Ramon, he used to have, uh, I remember he used to have uh, his team like with like six guys, six, eight guys. And he used to have a sponsorship and he used to share his sponsorship to help those guys, you know? Wow. So the sponsor was for him, but then he split in six, and then he paid, like, each guy, like, 
you know, an amount so they can kind of like survive and, you know, do all things. So we always had that. And when I see someone like overcoming, like become better uh, or winning, when I see someone like working really hard and then getting that dream, you know, done, it's, 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 it's a, it's a different type of satisfaction, you know, when you win, like for yourself is one thing, but when you see others, it's, you see like a group of people celebrating together. You see the family of that person happy. You see like, there's a lot of realizations that you see when you, when you're out of the box, you know, like when you see like from the outside and that's something that I really enjoy. Uh, and I try my best to, to help my athletes and my fighters and my instructors and my students in every single aspect. And I, I like to make them have their own personality in jujitsu wise. Right. And also the way they teach, I'm not a, I'm not a guy that imposes on, oh, this is a system. You got to do this, this, this. That's the way, you know. I'm very open mind uh, about that. And I always tell them, like, the good points of the things that they're doing. And if there's something bad, I, I say, you know, like, you should change just a little bit this, you know. So, and then if you have an open mind to respect or to absorb that, you will evolve, you know. And all these guys that you mentioned, they're doing really good. They're doing great. They're growing. Um, and they're changing. And the the motto of Atos is together stronger. But also we have a new motto right now, which is changing people's life since 2008. So we believe that we can change lives. You know, just like I changed my life, I can change others' life. And that's what we are here for, you know. And... I know all the reward that I have for all that because if I have a success today, uh, it's because we have this mindset, you know. And I know the reward comes from 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 God, you know. I completely know that. I don't do that. Uh, if I help someone, of course, it's nice to 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 have someone coming back to you and say, hey, Professor, thank you so much, you know. But it's not everyone that will come back and say thanks for you, you know. Yeah. So I know that the gratitude and 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 the feeling of of being blessed or or have some type of advantage of helping someone comes from God. And He opened doors for us, and and we are here. You know, we are here. We have a beautiful team. We have a beautiful academy. You know, and I wish the best to all my students. And we. I say we because my wife has a huge role in that too. Uh, we we try to be a good example for them. And <clears throat> I think it's 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 very interesting that you talk about how you carry yourself as a coach. And something that I I've noticed that I'm very fond of is first of all, Atos is uh, Portuguese for Acts. The Acts of the Apostles is a pro, an amazing chapter in the Bible, um, amazing book of the Bible, actually, that, that talks about what the apostles of Jesus did after his death to go and spread the good news. So I noticed that you have actually, uh, I don't know if you if you orchestrated it or you were just there for them, but so your students have been baptized uh, yeah. in the name of Jesus. Is, is preaching the gospel a part, like, how much of that is your vision as a coach? How much of that has to do with your vision as a coach in jiu-jitsu? Yeah. Uh, like I say, we try to be an example here. 
right? Um, to be honest with you, when I moved at first to the United States, I was very like, oh, oh, you know, like I was like throwing the hammer, hey, you know, <laughs> come to Jesus, come, you know. <laughs> you know? But uh, then I started understanding the culture, you know, and then you start like, okay, so I need to to start saying things on the opportunities, you know, and we always have great opportunities. Uh, we had Bible study at the gym. Um, the reason that I moved to the United States it wasn't like to open a gym. It was, uh, it was because one of our lead pastors, he told us to to come to the United States. Say, hey, go, God will open all the doors for you, you know there, and uh, a church is gonna start inside their academy, you know. And my pastor, not even knew, like, the name of my team and all that. You know, he didn't know that. But he was just a pastor. He didn't train jiu-jitsu or anything, you know. He didn't know anything about jiu-jitsu. So I had this time in my life that I need to to make a decision. And then uh, I, I we pray about it, and then we came here. And then we started a Bible study, and then we had that into a couple – like until last year, you know, because right now the church like has their own place. And before like the church was like the Sundays in my gym was like a Sunday service, you know, and people were there. Like it was like a, a church inside the gym. You know, A lot of people were coming from different places. And the pastor, Pastor Eduardo, he came from Brazil. He was a deacon back in the day that he became a pastor with the mission to come to the United States and preach, preach the gospel. And then we worked together. Uh, and then I always talk about Jesus to all of them. And I believe that they see, they see uh, the results, you know, the fruits in our lives. And they just like wants to be close. You know, some wants to be closer. Some wants to be close. Some wants to just like, oh, you know, just, I'm just here, you know. And I respect that. Um, but when I had, the, when I have the opportunity, of course, I always talk about God. I like, for many times, I pray with my students. I, I talk with them. I uh, sometimes I have uh, life issues, like problems, and we, we, I mean, the church. I bring my pastor always. You know, when I have something that's more serious, like more spiritual, I bring the pastor. We we make a meeting, and then we, we set up a meeting, and then we talk. You know, and then we go, and then we try to dig it in the situation. It's it's like vast in people's life you know it's it's like giving yourself to others and it, it and for me like you guys know i'm i'm pretty busy and you know i do so many things but this is something that uh, has a huge importance in my life uh and every year the church we make uh we have the baptism and we have people coming you know sometimes most of the time we have always like at least three, four people from the academy that uh, they have baptized. Uh, the total since I moved to the United States, uh, I believe we, we baptized almost 80 people total. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it could be, yeah, it's like almost like eight people per year. Per, per year. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, yeah. yeah. And that, like, <laughs> from my perspective, that's, that's such a, that's like a bigger victory than any tournament I've done is like, is me coming to Jesus in my, my perspective. 
Yeah. And it really puts into perspective why you do what you do. And uh, I like what you said. You said they can see the fruits of the hard work in your life because I, you famously said, God doesn't give me more work than I can handle. Is that is that yeah. correct? That's the and that's yeah. a really awesome. That's really awesome. It's inspired me. And I'm sure a lot of people who also believe in Jesus can attest to this. When you really put him at the forefront, you and you can like do anything. <laughs> Literally, yeah. you can, anything yeah. you want to do, you can do. So For it's sure. really I just I want I wanted to ask that question because I really wanted to get your take on it. And I'm, I appreciate it. No, my pleasure. For sure. This is a huge role in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always feel like athletes who who have faith and who like openly talk about it, I feel like they they have something different because they're not, you know, they're not just fighting for themselves and for the medals, but they have something bigger so that like they always have something to fall back on or something to lean on if things don't always go their way. So do do you feel like having that was like something that maybe took some pressure off of you a little bit in your competition career? Definitely. Uh, I always talk with Professor Guilherme Mendes. Of course, he doesn't represent the team athletes anymore, but we are very good friends. Um, and then we, you know, sometimes we talk about, like, our students, like, the personality, and if something goes wrong, let's say, in the way that they lose a fight or something, you know, and, and you see, like, those who doesn't have much faith or those who doesn't have, like, those who don't have like faith at all, they suffer a lot when the when the loss comes. They they feel like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Like, what are I gonna do? You know? Because of course we don't like to lose. Right? We're born to to win. Like we're all victorious in Jesus' name. So, um, but uh, when you know that God controls your life and He have always the best for you. And something doesn't go the way that you're expecting, you know, right at the front, right at the corner, he has something better for you, you know, and then you're going to realize, you're going to understand, oh, that's why that happened, you know. So I remember, like, for example, in 2014, uh, when I was in the finals of words against Felipe Pena, I was winning the whole fight. And then the last 30 seconds, I don't know why, I tried to go for a full lock. And then, you know, I have one advantage, and then he ended up coming up, I got two points. And then we lost the fight. And then that fight, if I won that fight, we would win the world title for the first time as a team, you know, 2014. Our first world title as a team was 2017, three years later. But then I realized that if we won, if I won that fight that year, like, we wouldn't be prepared to be world champions, you know? Like, in structural-wise, you know? Like, in, in terms of uh, having the, the, the moment to handle with that, you know? I understood that. It was kind of like, hey, you're not prepared where, uh, you're not prepared yet. Uh, let's take a hold. Let's put this, like, three years later because you need to get more prepared. You know, when people were walking around the de- desert, you know, for 40 years before they go to the promised land, you know, 40 years just walking circles, you know. So he kind of like made me do a circle right there. Like, oh, you know, three more years of circle, your, 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 your come, you know, just be patient. So when you have faith, you understand that, that God is under control of every single situation. So you don't have fear, you know, about what is the outcome. You know, of course, you, you ask for the things that you want, let's say, oh, you know, I, I believe if I have this blessing here, 
I can uh, do this, do this, and do that. But sometimes, you know, the no is an answer as well, you know. Uh, God doesn't say yes, yes, yes all the time, you know. Uh, and things doesn't go according to or or a plan, go according to his plan, you know. And in the sport, jiu-jitsu, you got to do with so many things, you know, not only with people, uh, with yourself, but you got to deal with the ego as well and all that, you know. So you got to be prepared. Um, so definitely, like, faith is it's important. It's very, very important. And there's, there's one thing that Jesus said. He said that the truth will set you free, right? The truth will set you free. So when you know the truth, when you know he has a plan, you feel freedom. You feel like, oh, you know, did it happen right now? But it will happen later. It will come. And I passed so many experiences like that. And when you already have experienced it to God throughout the years, like I'm Christian since uh, 2005, 2006, uh, I passed through a lot of experience, and I know that he always has the best for me. And my pastor, he always said that, he say the end with God is better than the beginning, you know? That's what he says. So he said the, the end, the final, the final word, you know, from your book is going to be better than the beginning. So don't worry. It's, it's just like, uh, it's just, you're just in a chapter, you know, it happens, but the end is better. And the truth sets you free when you really know the truth, you know? If you really know what is the truth, because a lot of people, they think they, they have the truth, but they didn't find it yet, you know? And the only truth is in Jesus. And that's when people argue with us and they kind of like, how come you say that, you know? Because I believe in a completely different thing than you. This is disrespectful, but we respect but you got to say the truth. <laughs> yeah. And you love people enough to tell them the truth. And you said, exactly. you're, you said you're a Christian since 2005? Yeah. I was in a transition between 2004 to 2000. It took me a couple of years like, to understand and like, okay, I want to be with you, Lord. It was around that, 2005, yeah. I, so to put things in perspective, I, I got – baptized i have the certificate up there i got that a year ago is when i when i came to jesus what was uh what was it like what was that transitional period take it a little just a little step away from jujitsu for a second but um what was the transition like from not having jesus before like your old life and your new life because you're a new creation uh what how, how did you come to see jesus christ man like i you want to know, like, how I understood, how I started, like, following him? Yeah. Like, what was your testimony, basically? Yeah, okay. I I, I, uh, I, I met my wife, Angelica. She was my girlfriend back in the day, of course. Uh, she was away from the Lord. She has a family that was fully Christian. Uh, she she uh, grew up in a Christian home. Her grandfather was pastor, and he passed away. So when I met her... He was already four or five years uh, away from us. He was already in heaven. Um, but then, like, the family, after he died, the family kind of, like, lost the balance, you know? Like, um, and then her mom and her father got divorced and all that. And then with all that issue, she was a teenager. And then she ended up, like, going away from the Lord, too. 
And then she met me. That's why I think God permit her like to be away from him a little bit, just so she could meet me, you know, <laughs> this guy. And this sinner, you know, like you need the sinner. Go find him. <laughs> Go to the sing ward, you know. <laughs> I gotta rescue that guy. And then uh, she came, and then um, she came in my life, and then I started to talk with her. We became great friends, and. When I got inside her house, it was a little bit different from my house. I, I grew up in a Catholic uh, background, like my family, all Catholic. And um, I look inside, I never see like any uh, frames of sins and things like that. And I knew they had faith. And I was like, but, you know, it's a little bit different. You know? And I never understood what was like being like a Christian, you know, like to the, uh, devote yourself only for Jesus. You know, I didn't understand that. I believe that before. I believe that you, you could, you should go to a saint before you go to God. You know, and saint, I mean like all those saints in you know, the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And then like she started like we started talking, and then I start like listening songs. She had like a lot of uh, albums of uh, uh, worship albums, and then I started listening. I grabbed some. So I'm gonna put it in my car, and I just look, and I'm like, oh, this, this is cool, you know. And then I'll, I'll listen, and then I start listening. And while I was driving, I was always like crying, 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 crying a lot, you know. I was like, oh my God, you know, what's happened with me, you know? God starts speaking with me like through the worship, and and then suddenly I start like praying, and I was always like trying to pray in my life, you know, but I never had a conversation. With God, I was always like reading things, memorizing things, you know. And then I start like feeling that I could have a conversation with God, and I start talking with Him while I was driving or when I right after I wake up. And then after that, I start uh, asking my wife, that was my girlfriend, right? Like, if I would go to heaven if I died, I say, if I go, if I die right now, do I go to heaven? And then she say, Do you know Jesus? And I'm like, yes, I know him. And then she's like, but do you really know him? You talk to him every day. Do you follow him? And I'm like, oh. I was like, mm, I don't think so. She's like, so maybe you don't. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, maybe you don't. Maybe you're not going to make it. I'm like, what? And I'm like, what about you? And she's like, right now at this time of my life, maybe I'm not going to make it too because I'm away from him. And I'm like, you know that? And you're not doing anything? You're crazy? <laughs> you know? And then she's like, yeah, it happens, happens, you know? So, and then that that came to my mind, like, and it hit me, and I was like, man, like, this is hard, you know? This is, this is hard. I'm a good person, you know? Like, how come? Like, you know, I, I feel like I, I don't have anything bad on me, you know? And then um, one day... Uh, my mother-in-law, she was going to church and she's just like, oh, I'm going to church. And I was like, you know what? I want to go. And I showered really quick and I, I went and my wife went too. And I remember like during that service, I was like just crying, 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 crying. It was like a youth service. It was a lot of uh, surfers because this, the town is from like uh, Izubatuba. It's a place in some baller states that has a lot of surfers, a lot of great pro surfers comes from that place. Like Felipe Toledo, he's from that place. He's from the same church that I was too. 
And and then like they ask me like uh, they ask us like who wants to give her the life to Jesus? I rose my hand. I was crying and all. I just like rose my hand and then and then uh, and then they go like oh come here in the front of the church. I was like oh my god. I was like so like you know oh, I gotta do it. Okay, I did it. And then when I got there, she prayed for me and I repeat the prayer and then life changed. And that day I start reading the Bible. I started understanding. I passed the whole night like reading, and I started like feeling that I I understood life, you know, I understood my purpose, I understood like why I was living, you know, and I felt God, and I started listening to God, and I started hearing His voice, and things started changing my life, you know, the ways that I the ways that I that I used to live changed as well, you know, uh, everything changed. Everything, the way I was talking, like, then I, as soon as I curse, I curse, I was like, oh, shoot, I curse, you know, so I gotta, gotta stop, you know, so then everything changed, the way I used to talk changed, uh, everything, and I started understanding, like, I was, I wasn't that good, you know, so, and the only way for me to be good is through Jesus, not that I'm good right now, but I know that God forgive me because of his son, because of of what he did and what he done for us uh, at the cross. And then uh, once I understand that ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ for my life, I I just like keep moving forward. And then I start getting experiences with God, a lot of experience. I can share so many things, maybe in a different time that happened in my life uh, that you see that was God's hand in that situation, you know, since then. And today I'm here in the United States of America talk about Jesus with you guys, you know. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Um, I, so I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit and uh, get back to some of the, the leadership stuff we were talking about. Obviously, it ties in with with the faith and everything like that. But um, one thing that's like really prevalent in the world today that, that really makes it different probably from when you were growing up is like the social media aspect. So like I feel yeah. like that is something that obviously provides like an opportunity for jiu-jitsu people to kind of grow their brand. But it also can bring a lot of negativity into their life and really test their their ego or their faith or or whatever. So what's your take on, uh, on social media and how do you kind of like advise your, your guys to go about that aspect of their career? Yeah. So social media is very catchy, right? Because it's, it's something that you need to work. You got to promote yourself. Uh, if you are an athlete, you gotta keep moving right there because if, for example, somebody looking to sponsor you, they don't care anymore about owning your titles. They want to know if you're active in social media. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, it's important. So it's really important. But um, you got to balance your time. You know, you got to balance and manage the way you do things. I'm very active on social media, very active. I post like two, three times a day sometimes, you know. But I, I try to spend like one day of the week just like preparing my posts. You know, knowing that what I'm going to do and then when I do it, I know what I'm going to post. Otherwise, sometimes you just spend time like thinking about what you're going to do, yeah. you know, and then when you see like time goes by and then boom, life is gone, you know. So I think like it's 
it's good, but it's bad at the same time. You know, you just got to find the balance. And the only way for you to find the balance is, is towards, like, the time that you spend with yourself and God. That will give you a balance in the administrate your time. Uh, one time I, I was reading a book, and then the guy said, people who doesn't spend time with themselves, they don't have time for others. You know? Yeah. Imagine if you don't spend time with God, it's going to be impossible for you to give time to someone, you know? So uh, sometimes you wake up and you just start like work, 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 go, 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 go. And you see, boom, done, you know? And then you're on the phone and then, then. So um, thankfully also I have my wife because every time I cross the line and she see me like here, she's like, hey, done. And I'm like, okay, right, I'm done. You know, so of course I'm not saying that Oh, you know, I do everything so perfectly, you know. So there, were, there, there are the days that uh, if you don't pay attention, you can go beyond that. And, you know, sometimes, like, nowadays, you know, uh, there are a lot of disease, like psychological disease that comes from social media. Yeah. Like maybe a bad comment, you know, a, a comment that you don't like is there. And then you look at that and you're just like, oh, shoot. And then you start, like, thinking about that. And that can, like, mess up your day. You know, your mood. So you got to just understand that that's a tool for work, but that's not your life. You know, that's not your life. That's that's a, that's a tool. So you got to understand how to use a tool because sometimes if you put your life into that and then you can probably like have uh, problems, you know, like psychological problems. And even Brazil right now, I believe on Instagram, they're not showing how many likes you have anymore on the pictures. Because there was a lot of people that they getting really depressed because the amount of likes they had. Let's say you have a friend that has like a thousands of likes and then you post the same pictures and you have like maybe 20 likes. And then you're just like, oh, why you have more likes than me? And then they start like, and people start getting like their auto estima, you know, like the, mm-hmm. their self their self, uh, self-esteem, self-esteem is like the self-esteem, uh, low, low self-esteem. And then they started getting hurt. And I, I understand that one thing that I think that people are getting psychological, like really, uh, I'm not saying like weak, but sometimes they kind of like let those things like affect them so much, you know, I believe it's because social media is there as a tool, but also is there to may like take our focus away from God, from our faith, take our focus away from our family, you know, take our focus away from ourselves, you know, because you just start to think about the things that is there. So it's very dangerous. You got to just balance that. And of course, if I'm saying that, because I pass through that, those things, you know, that process, uh, because I'm, I'm exposed right, right there. Uh, I'm an athlete, I have a lot of followers, people follow me, you know, uh, and you got to understand also as an example, you can, uh, you can hurt others' life too by the things that you, you post too, you got to be careful, so I just think a lot before I do anything right there, you know, uh, but you, you got to 
understand how how everything works and it's not it's not easy i believe if you don't understand the spiritual aspect of things you know mm -hmm. i think everything at the end of the day uh helps you you know spirituality helps you to understand things and how to balance life and as my pastor say he say if you don't spend time with the creator of time you waste your time <laughs> I want to meet this pastor. You're dropping knowledge. And I'm like, I'm dumb too. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like a child. Like, I'm listening to all this. Look at that really again. Good. Look again for you, Jake. Look, if you don't spend time with the creator of time, you waste your time. All right. I, I, I memorize it. And, you know, whenever I look at uh, my 4,000 followers compared to your 471,000 followers, I, my self-esteem feels attacked. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, so I actually want to take a step towards um, w one of the most prolific titles you have. And, uh, I mean, you've been dominant in ADCC, to say the least. You have not – I mean, your match with Felipe Pena uh, was nothing short of one-sided it was uh it was very very good and i mean i i follow you and i follow your students and all of them are like taking videos of you like this guy's insane he works really really, really <laughs> hard why is he why does he have so much energy um but one thing i actually think would be really cool to get your take on and what could inspire people because right now in this season of people's lives and with the, you know all the stuff going on with the lack of tournaments adcc trials is like a sh is like a shining light for young competitors to want to go and try right yeah. What would you say a new competitor that is trying to do ADCC this year should focus on the like perhaps the most or what you needed to focus on the most going into ADCC? What do you feel like they need to add to their game to increase their chances of doing well in this tournament? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you need to know how to balance the training. ADCC is like a super marathon, let's say. You know, I see a lot of fighters, professional fighters. They fight ADCC, and then when they go, like, especially when they fight Absolute, you know, it's like war after war. They got it super exhausted. They don't know, like, how, how to handle with the physicality of the Nogi and the ADCC rule set and all that. Uh, of course, like, conditioning, it's important for the fight, okay? But, of course, technique conquers all. But you need the good conditioning because... It has overtimes and all that. You got to be prepared to fight 40 minutes. The finals can be up to 40 minutes. You got to be prepared. That's one thing you got to have in mind and you got to understand. But one thing that is very important in ADCC uh, is not only ADCC, but in the Nogi in general, it's, it's, it's wrestling. I believe like when I, when I, when I improved my wrestling in 2011, when I show up in 2011, I won double gold. Everybody saw my wrestling was completely different, completely a huge change. That uh, helped me because if you think with me, all the takedowns or all the sweeps in Nogi become a takedown. Let's say you are doing guard and then you go for X guard and then you underhook the leg, then you come up. Then the guys start like running and then you go for a single leg. Or a body lock, so you need to know how to finish. Uh, also, you give like a good stability on top, you know, good conditioning as well. It's not everything because sometimes people they just train wrestling and they forget about the other things. So you gotta have jujitsu as well, but that helps, you know, uh, in terms of your conditioning uh, aspect. 
uh, and your mindset too, you know, especially like when you when you're playing guard. Okay. Um, nowadays we have a lot of hooks, right? Lots of hooks, uh, and I think a lot of uh, gi fighters they're very innocent. They're very they don't know what's going on when somebody goes to to their leg or go for a heel hook or put on 50-50 and things like that. So I believe like everyone started understanding that. Um, but another uh, another thing is knowing the rule. The rule is very complex, you know? So there are so many things in the rule and you got to understand the rule. And as they say, knowing the rules, winning championships, right? So if you know the rules, you win championship. So you got to know the rule. Like you can't pull guard after five minutes. Uh, there's a way to pull guard. You gotta understand how to do it. Um, the negative points, how that works, you know. And I have, a, thankfully, I have a lot of experience on that. So I fight ADC since 2007. My first ADCC was 2007. My first ADCC trials was in 2005. So I fight under the, those rules, 2004 actually. I fight under those rules for 16 years, you know? And it took me, like, a long time to understand those rules, you know? Um, that's very important as well. And depends on your goal, too. Like, if you if you are uh, a lightweight, you don't have the desire to fight the open class, there's one way for you to train. But if you desire to fight the open class and win eight fights, Right, it's eight fights back to back. Uh, you gotta be very well prepared, very well prepared in every single aspect, mentally, physically, and technically wise as well. So technically, it's really important. Uh, it's it's not everyone that knows how to train for ADCC. You know, I don't I don't feel that. Like there's a lot of people they I see like pro fighters that. They just take the top of the gi off for like two weeks and they go and show up at ADCC. You know, it's not going to happen. So you got to have a whole camp, a whole training camp. It's not the same fight. It's not the same fight. Still, a lot of people that do gi, they think it's just like a scramble, just a fight, but it's not. It's a completely different fight. And actually, it's maybe even a completely different sport. You know, and ADCC is a different sport. Kind of like you know, uh, but for example, like when you when you watch my fights, like the super fights, I fight under the finals rules, which is you can't pull guard since the beginning of the fight, and people see me like wrestling for the last uh, the last uh, almost ten years. It's because it's like seven years. It's because the rules, you know. I must like know my wrestling. I know I must like exchange like. Uh, hand fight with the guy, and uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna pull guard, you know, because if you give like a minus one to a, a high level black belt, maybe that can cost a fight, you know. So I'm just there that that not that I'm not looking for the submission, but you gotta play the game very wise. Uh, and there's a lot of pressure on the super fight, you know, and the super fight is not everyone that's there, it's a completely different, uh, it's a completely different uh, training because you require a lot of your mental game as well to deal with all the situation uh, mm -hmm. before they did so we're coming up on about an hour and you've been really really gracious with your time so i just wanted to ask one more question um do you have any 
like plans for your competition career, for your academy or association that you want to talk about before we uh, kind of sign off? Can you say again? You got to cut a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, do you have any plans for your competition career coming up or for your academy or association? Anything big that any news that you want to share? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we have a lot of plans, you know. Uh, I I love to to evolve in every single aspect, you know. The plans for the association, it's always to take care of them, help them out. We have a huge plan with the merchandise, you know, the way we go to the merchandise. This pandemic affect a little bit, you know, especially the association. Uh, it's not being easy for all, uh, for all of us. A lot of people that are not in the United States, or if they are here, there are different states that are still in the lockdown. They're passing through a lot. So my goal with the association is to help those people, you know, but also uh, uh, build a very strong uh, merchandise uh, uh, uniforms. Okay, that's one thing that we have with the association. Uh, with the gym, with the academy, is to keep doing our best to all our students. Uh, we have a lot of competitors there, of course. Yes, we do. But also we have a lot of students that don't compete. And actually, the, those are the majority. Um, and my goal is to always uh, keep evolving a way of like building teachers, coaches, and leaders. Uh, spreading out to all over and uh, for us like our team is still young in an aspect of coaching because uh, all our coaches they still competing you know only right now we start like stepping out a little bit of the competition scene like which is me uh, Calazans, uh, Guto Campos we all like from the old school athletes right but our goal is to start like having more and more academies as well from our students, you know, from our students that come from us. For example, I have guys here that already start like making plans to open up their their own places, just like JT Torres did, just like Lira did. You know, they're doing super great, and that's my goal with my uh, students uh, and competitors, right? Uh, we have also the Autos Online, and the Autos Online is doing great. We have so many content right there. Right now, we start having vlogs. You know, I'm doing a lot of vlogs and posts on Autos Online. Some of the vlogs we put on, on YouTube, but we have a lot of vlogs there where I do interviews. Like, right now, I start doing interviews with my students so people can know a little bit more about them, about their plans, about what they do, how is their life, you know, outside of the mat and all that. So it's been really great. So people are appreciating that. So uh, it was a kind of like nice idea. And we, we, uh, we're very happy with that. We have also a breakdown session right now in the website where you send your footage and we correct uh, your footage. Uh, you correct your game. Let's say uh, you send me a tournament. Like uh, one guy sent me a European fight. He was fighting at the Europeans. His name is Alexander. And I fixed all the mistakes that he made like in the fight i even talk about the rule set and all that uh and this is in the autos online and is is doing well so we have a couple people that asked for uh a breakdown from their fights and i think this will be a great tool uh soon more people will start doing that right um and what else and plans with my family you know also you know i always uh do my best 
for my family, for my daughter's future, uh, for my wife and all the those people there um, around me, you know, uh, support and help them in the best in the best that I can do for them, you know, the best way as possible. Um, also, keep moving forward with my ministry, you know, uh, keep moving forward uh, with uh, my faith, uh, with God. And with all the things that he's planning for me. So if you're watching this, like, please pray for me. You know, um, I need your prayers. And I, I, I think praying is like really important, you know, uh, especially during this time, you know. Yeah. This time. And uh, I just want to say the message to everyone, too. Like, just tell them that they must remain positive. Uh, they must remain, uh, stay still. Instead, you know, uh, if our boats are attached in the rock, right, attached on the rock, through hook on the rock, which is Jesus, the ocean can shake and many things can happen, but we never go away. You know, we're going to stay still. So you got to be attached to the right rock, uh, which is Jesus, especially during this moment. And if you don't believe... Um, do your best making research. <laughs> I challenge you. I challenge you like to test God, you know, the God Almighty, because uh, when you test Him, He say there's a one way to test Him, especially with your finances. Uh, but when you test Him and and when you when you give your life to Him, all the promises that He has right there in that book, which is the manual of life, will help you. You know, so everything that we have in life comes with the manual. Right, the 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 computer comes with the manual. The microphone that you have has a manual. The car that you buy has a manual, and life has a manual. And the manual of life is the Bible, is Jesus. Right. So if you don't know how to use uh, your life, it's because you're not reading the manual. You know. So reading the manual help you, and it's a game change. It's a life change. So you're gonna start understanding the purpose. Imagine if you buy a car, and usually we buy a car, we never read the manual. Right? And then suddenly we need to change the oil. Suddenly, like the car started getting messy, like the car started like breaking apart, and we don't understand. Oh, I should change the water of my car. Oh, I should like change the oil. Oh, I should rotate the tires. You know that's why. So when you read the, all those things are in the manual. So in life is the same way. So sometimes things happen in our lives and we don't understand because we don't have the knowledge of the manual. So when you start spending time and read the manual, like things will be easier for you to deal with. And believe me, you're gonna have problems always, you know. Especially like walking with God, you're gonna have lots of problems. He's gonna give you a lot of problems for you to deal with. But with his intelligence, with his wisdom, he will give you all the knowledge that you need to solve those problems as fast as possible. And you're gonna feel great, you know, after you fulfill all that. <laughs> Man, why why even drink coffee? It's over here. It's eight fifteen a.m. here in Arizona. Why even drink coffee? That's that, that's beautiful, man. And you know what's cool is like uh we're we're coming up on just about I think that was um the last question, but we uh we got to see like man, it's inspiring. And I'm I'm trying to open my ministry too, and I'm trying to spread the gospel and not have like some hey I just saw a guy who's pretty good at it do it. So <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Thank you, man. thank you. Um, God. yeah, God is good. Um, so you guys, if you're living under a rock, uh, then you don't, then you probably don't know that 
Uh, you can follow Andre Galvon at Galvon BJJ, all lowercase, no spaces. Uh, Danny, is there anything you wanted to add before I do this closing electric performance ad? No, I just wanted to thank you, Andre, for your time. Not only for your time today, you were really gracious, but also just for everything you've done for the jiu-jitsu community. Like me and Jake have been talking about how awesome it is to have you on, and you know, not just through jiu-jitsu, but just spreading your faith and and all the lives you've touched through jiu-jitsu. We're really honored that you would come on the show and talk to us. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Appreciate I remember, that. I remember after I fought Hanaldo at a, a what was it, 2018 Nogi Worlds, we had the crazy match. You came over and you're like, dang, you're like that was. <laughs> That was a crazy match, and I just felt immediately better. I was like, because I was upset, because I was like, man, it was just, it was so like, it was right there. But Ronaldo, and Ronaldo had overcome so much to get there too, and I didn't know that. And then I was like, you, you yeah. just told me you're like, man, he was in the hospital last month, and we were yeah. like worried. And I was, oh, I just felt better. I was like, oh man, I hope he's okay, <laughs> you know. And you've done a really great job being an advocate yeah. for all things good. So, oh, um, you know, Ronaldo is also he's a type of guy that goes to the mountain to pray. Really? Yeah, yeah. Back Man. in Brazil, like he goes to the mountain with the church to pray. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Huge, like, big he sprints up the entire mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's praying yeah, the whole way up there, there, gets there, <laughs> all in one breath. And do like 10 burpees like right after. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what is this guy doing? He's doing his burpees for Jesus. Leave, leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> um, uh, okay. I'm going to get Alex Sir back on. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure that, you know, if you are going to exercise your faith, you also have to exercise your body. You have to make sure that, well, while your faith is strong, also your legs and hips are strong. Your back is strong. (laughs) Your biceps are strong. And here's the thing. Electrum performance is the only way you're going to accomplish these tasks. Take Andre Galvan, for example. Man of God, man of strength. Those two go hand in hand. So you need to... Do some push-ups and praise the Lord. Thank you. OpenGarCast25 <laughs> is a discount code that you need to use. Just use it. Um, Andre, thank you so much. It, it was honestly My a real pleasure. pleasure. I feel like I've learned so much, and uh, yeah. and God bless you. That's uh, I'm, man, I'm thank again. You, it's man. been it's been amazing. A bit amazing journey for me. And uh, let's keep on let's keep on spreading it. Sure. Let's keep in touch. Anything you need, let me know. Okay, guys. Thank you so awesome. much for thank you for everything for having me here. Awesome. All right, Danny. All right. Thanks, to, thanks everyone, again for listening. This is episode 43 of the Open Guard Cast with Andre Galval, and we will see all you guys soon.